Thank you for tuning in. Are you frustrated by a real or perceived lack of engagement or initiative by those on your team or within your firm? Are you struggling with team accountability, learning, and growth, and at the same time feeling overwhelmed and like you're falling behind with your own advancement, growth, and development? Well, you are not alone. And today we have real answers for you, your team, and your team's team. Our guest is Hemna Marwa, Senior Associate at Stantec Architecture in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And she shares both the ingredients and the simple truths for what it takes to enjoy greater personal and team success in AEC. And although the formula is straightforward, don't be fooled. Achieving this level of possibility and success takes work, hard work, as well as time, dedication, caring, high standards, enthusiasm, the big picture, and trust. And yet it is all possible and easily accessible. This is also an episode that aligns remarkably well with several recent episodes and so many other episodes shared over this past year as part of season three. So without any further delay, let's dig into some specific solutions for greater success. Welcome to AEC Leadership Today, the podcast designed exclusively for engineering, architecture, and construction industry leaders who want to stay relevant and effective. The show takes on the most pressing issues facing the AEC industry and was created to help you and your firm grow and prosper in the 21st century. The host of AEC Leadership Today is Pete Atherton, a professional engineer and former AEC principal and owner turned AEC coach and consultant. And now, take a break from your never-ending to-do list and welcome Peter Atherton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of AEC Leadership Today. Today, we'll be speaking with Hemner Marwa, Senior Associate at Stantec Architecture in Calgary, Canada, and we'll be talking about teams, and in particular, team leadership and team development. Welcome to the podcast, Hemna. Thank you, Peter. I'm really excited uh, to be here and look forward to having a good conversation with you. Well, I am looking forward to this conversation with you too, because, um, well, before we first connected, uh, we have a, a mutual friend who reached out to me and said, you need to meet Hamna. <laughs> and that one of the, the biggest um, issues that a lot of team leaders and senior managers struggle with or talk about, maybe get frustrated at, is junior staff maybe not learning from past mistakes or not wanting to take on new responsibility or have initiative. And she said that you've solved the puzzle or you've really worked on creating the ingredients or mindset, set of actions to solve this. And I should really talk with you. So every time we've spoken, I get inspired. And so I am excited to sort of dive deeper into the subject today with you um, and with the listeners. But before we do that, can you share a little bit about you, your career, um, your current role um, at Stantec and, and just your typical day-to-day. -day. Yeah, for sure. So I trained as an architect in India, which is my home country. Um, worked for a few years, came to Canada. I was in Toronto for about three years, trained in a boutique residential firm. 
finally landed in Calgary. And Stantec's been the longest uh, time that I've spent with the firm. It's been almost 15 years. So I started as an intern architect and gradually uh, got promoted to a senior associate. So what I do really is I'm, a, I'm mostly a senior project architect. I handle multiple projects of different sizes. And uh, uh, along with that, I also co-lead uh, the design team uh, with some of my peers. Um, I'm also um, part of the senior associate group. So that means handling some of the day-to-day -day, you know, operational uh, requirements like resourcing or hiring, that kind of stuff. So it's really a mixed bag. And I, based on my role, I also spend a lot of time on business development. Okay. All right. So really, you're in that team leader, senior manager role as much as a practitioner role on, on any given day. Yeah, exactly. Well, I would love to paint the before picture. Maybe when you were um, kind of maybe at the low point as far as your excitement about being a team leader and, and managing projects and, and really you know working with others and you know what and, and there was like a transformation that happened but can you paint the picture before that transformation i mean what did working with your teams look like what were some of your frustrations and, and what was sort of the makeup of your team yeah so yeah it's, it was a few years back where i felt that i was just drowning like i always had because i'm 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 highly driven i do like i always say yes to everything so i've always got multiple projects on the go along with other stuff happening. So I found that uh, I couldn't really rely on my team. Like I was having to, you know, uh, review, like it was a, it was a pretty young team. And I think that's something we all experience nowadays in our industry. Like the team is younger, somehow the middle, you know, the well, the, you know, the intermediate group is missing for some reason. So just dealing with that, not being able to rely on people or if people are helping you out, even if they're, you know, they have few years of experience, they're not taking an initiative. They're making the same mistakes again and again. So just, just that was really, uh, you know, making me uh, fall behind some of the work that I had taken up. And my team would range, like, because I was doing so many projects, I mean, for some projects, it could be as small as one team member that I'm working with. And another, it could go up to 15, 20. And this is just architects, right? I'm talking about and a multidisciplinary team that just explodes. So, so I needed help at every step and I was not being provided that. So, you know, I had people who were, who were just focus on one task. They wouldn't look at the larger context, make short-sighted decisions. Uh, so they, they basically relied on me to catch all their mistakes and they wouldn't, you know, take any accountability on their part. So that was really, you know, uh, like I was in this zone where I felt really stagnated and I really wanted to move ahead. So that was really the before picture uh, before I made this transition happen. Right. And I would love to get, I, I want to get into the, you know, what, what did you do differently yourself and what did you different do differently with your team? But before we did that, can you paint sort of the, the now picture? the what you went to like what is working um with your teams look like now right now i would say the majority of my team has uh, really grown and transformed uh most team members have set, uh, stepped up i have team members now who remind me what i'm you know supposed to do next and you know the tables are turning and that's so exciting so because i'm so passionate and excited about my work and to be able to see that that same level of engagement and excitement in the team, that's so fantastic. Uh, 
so just yeah just that people just stepping up and saying you know what i'm going to take care of this don't worry i'll get you this and we'll get this done like just that support and you know uh that and, and the passion right that they're excited to be doing this it's not something that's being forced upon them so that's been really amazing i mean there are a few people who are still you know not as engaged and that's okay you know like there are some some people who just want to do their job and that's fine too but if you have a you know a huge part of the team that supports you and helps you move forward then i mean there's nothing better than that so so definitely a very exciting phase right now so to to transition from as it was to as it is what what were what were some of the first things you did differently within yourself or for yourself to get you in that to get you moving in a different direction um yeah like so uh like uh, what i realized was when i was working in a team environment is that when you you know when we brainstorm about design ideas and you have different team members you know uh bringing forth different ideas it that whole diversity of you know different ways of thinking uh, that was so in, uh, that i found very inspiring and very enjoyable and that i i realized brought great value to the project and that kind of triggered the thing that people are different like different people perform differently so i i started to get less rigid um so i i should clarify that like i i believe in very high standards like i want my team to be the best i want the work that i do to be the best i want the client to come back and say i only want to work with him now like i don't want to work with anybody else so that those are my standards so i i don't i don't uh, when i say i became less rigid I, i didn't mean to compromise those standards but just the way in getting to that outcome so i folk i started focusing less on the process and more on the outcome and that doesn't mean that there are no parameters and it's a free for all no it doesn't mean that it really means that you know like if if like I, if i follow a c d and somebody follows a b c it's fine i'm not going to you know you know so i let people follow their path you still have guidelines but long as the big picture and the goal is understood that kind of gives pre- people some you know uh, liberty to take ownership of what they're doing so that i think that was something that i deliberately try to do the other thing was i really invested time in you know growing my team so that means several one on ones understanding what makes them tick what do they need to get ahead getting feedback from other team members about them and really are helping them to uh, you know start thinking critically like you know how you know why are we doing this what is the why like what is the reason we you know and trying to basically teach them how to problem solve because that's what we basically do once we have the vision for the project we just work together and creating you know a fantastic building for the for the client and how do we get there like what what do we need to start thinking about so just nudging them gently so it's really spending the time like i spent a lot of time i have to say with all my team members and it felt like a lot at that point because i was putting in a lot of hours but you know you know what i gained out of it like is is not even measurable it, it's just fantastic so and as when you say team members are they your direct reports or are they just people assigned that happen to be working on your projects or do you spend equal time with with any member of the team but when you were just speaking there were they direct reports or not all of them not okay. all of them because you know it's like you never know who you're going to get on a project right so sometimes you get your direct report sometimes you get different people 
So I had to approach it a little differently. Uh, you know, for direct reports who I don't work with, then it's 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 uh, you know I I spend I don't spend as much time with them. But those who are really involved in my day to day work, you know, in the projects that I work on, uh, I definitely spend more time with them. Uh, yeah. What is um, when you say more time? Like how many? hours a day or, or minutes a day, hours a week, do you think you might spend with, with each team member? Just to kind of put that in context. Yeah, so like if I have direct reports who I'm working with daily, like who I'm working with on projects, I basically have to connect with them daily, especially if they're really junior, because uh, we need to kind of guide them, right? On, you know, so they don't, you know, they, they're on the right track or whatever. So. I have a 10 minute touch point with most of my most of my team members who I'm working with uh, daily. Uh, but with uh, direct reports who are not who are not uh, you know who I don't work with as closely, I have set up these biweekly uh, sessions with them, which are half hour and it can be 15 minutes. But I let them I let them set the agenda. So you know make most use of the time. What you want to learn from me, and you know uh, so I let them do that. So that's. That, and I have quite a few. I have eight to ten direct reports that I don't work with on a day to day. So that's with my direct reports and with the team itself. Um, it depends on the size of the team, but uh, I can walk you through one of our recent projects where we had a bigger team. So what we did was um, we, I mean, we had the regular meetings to the, you know, through the project development. But after every phase, we would all get together and do a lessons learned, and we tried to make it really like in a relaxed atmosphere, there's always pizza. Pizza really helps people open up. And then I would kind of step back and let everybody else drive, like, you know, how could we have done things differently? How could we have made the process better? So that for the next phase of the project, like we have these brilliant ideas that we can all implement. So, um, so every, so, you know, just listening to people and then sometimes the ideas would be just for the team and sometimes they would come up with ideas for the whole office that we could try and implement and grow, you know, grow the office as well. So, and then at the end, so we would do that for every phase and that at the end, I would not do like an overall because we've done it so many times. That time I would really focus on one-on-one -on -one with each team member and uh, maybe include their supervisor and that that I found was uh, really beneficial because they opened up differently on one and on you know one is to one, and then learn they were more frank about their peers, and you know you could really tell uh, you know what the project meant to them, and how, what I found with you know with having this lessons learned and uh, really engaging the team this way, people felt they had a voice, they brought value to the project and their input mattered, and that really raised the bar for everybody. And then I think it's very catchy. This, you know, that we want to do the best work. We are the we're the A team in the in the office. Like just that, it's very it's catching, right? And people really enjoy that feeling. That and the, and then you know you have people who say I want to work on this team. So so that was pretty uh, pretty impressive. I I have to imagine though you going from feeling again I want to put words in your mouth, but but overwhelmed kind of yeah. doing everything, not having people to rely on or not given the opportunity to be relied on, whatever combination it was, to then sitting down with people at a pretty regular frequency in a very productive and effective way, them 
kind of running some of these meetings themselves. First of all, what was it like for you to transition to go from I'm overwhelmed to now I'm investing time in people when I didn't have time before? I guess first, what was that transition like? And, and, and did you just work a lot more initially? Or how did you navigate? Because so many people are overwhelmed, stressed, and don't have time. And even if they understand, I need to invest more time in my team, can you just walk us through, you went from a, I don't do it to I am doing it. What was that transition like? I think the, uh, I did spend a lot of time, I have to say. I did spend, and I, that meant working more hours initially. But I really wanted to grow out of this, you know, it was really stagnating for me. It was pushing me down. And I, I, I like, I'm pretty ambitious. I want to grow. I want to do more. Um, so like, I felt like I was being dragged down into this hole and that, uh, like somehow that didn't work for me. So I think that was the catalyst and it kind of pushed me uh, to spend more time. And, you know, like I have to say my team stepped up as well, right? Like when I invested this time in them, uh, I got that back. Uh, and so now, uh, and then I think, uh, like, with Stantec, we lately we've been offered really good programs as well on you know how to be a good supervisor and just learning from each experience and adding on to it slowly. So there are some weeks when I don't have time to meet with people. So you know I, that doesn't mean I ignore them, but I I tell them you know this week you know we may not have the time. We'll meet next week, but really, um, yeah, I don't know how to answer this correctly. Actually, it's just. That I, I, you have to spend the time. There's no way around it, and you have to uh, be prepared if you want to move ahead. Otherwise, you're going to drown. Did people tell you that, like um, Hemna, you need to spend more time with it? Did you know it was in there, or did they tell you to do it and you just sort of didn't do it for a while? I mean, did you know that that was was that an instinct, or did someone say this is the formula? No, I don't think anybody told me this is the formula. I kind of figured it out by myself, and. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe it was based on how I had grown in my career. Uh, I think that 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 could have been because when I joined Stantec, um, I worked as an intern for a few years, then I was working very closely with a project architect. And then she suddenly went on mat leave. And I was working with her on this huge portfolio of projects for one client. And suddenly this all kind of landed on me. And uh, I was pretty much, it was sink or swim. And it was very frightening. It was a very frightening experience. And I kind of, uh, uh, you know, I, I survived it. And I mean, I, I'm really happy to be having got that opportunity and people started seeing me in a different light. But, you know, I wanted to provide that same opportunity for others as well, right? And so that I can get to another level. So it was a little self you know, self-serving in that way. But I think it helped the whole office because the quality of our projects uh, improved, right? So that that definitely helps the whole office. It's not only one person. So, I would like to ask you about that, like creating opportunities for people to try and maybe even have a chance and in safe spaces to fail, and, and how that worked for you and how we can create it for others. But I just wanted to ask this question too: When you started transitioning, how you were leading your team, how you were interacting with your team members. Were they like, what's gotten into you? Like, what, what, why do I, I mean, how, what was their reaction? Were they like, oh, good, thank you? Or were they a little taken aback by, did you have to build their trust in a different way so that they saw that you were serious? And 
how did that go? And did it ever get to a place where they feel comfortable just giving you feedback? And how long did that take? That took a while, I have to say. So, you know, when I when I started, and I probably didn't talk about this. Uh, when I started, I, we, we used to just go down for coffee, like the whole team. And then we would talk about issues of trust, right? How do you build trust? Like very casually. And at first it was amusing because yeah, you're right. They were like, why is Hema doing this? Like, so I, I used to bribe them. I used to bring cookies. I would sometimes order lunch and then get them to kind of open up. And, and I think just creating a very free environment, not being very, you know, like, you know, not telling people what to do, but listening to what their point of view is, I kind of opened them up to me and, you know, made them, you know, talk about, uh, you know, how they could work better. So I think it was, a, it took time though. I, it, it didn't happen overnight. So starting with these small coffee sessions and, you know, having these, you know, making it more fun, but having these critical conversations about team, team building and trust. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I took it, I took upon that, you know, that exercise and then slowly got into these one-on-one -on -one sessions and these uh, mentoring sessions and uh, uh, just, uh, it just exploded after that because with every step I learned too, right? I had to evolve because it never worked with everybody, right? So sometimes I had to change. Like when I, I tried and, you know, I tried at one point spending time with a, with a young intern and really helping her, you know, try and develop a process for doing a design uh, report, but it didn't work for her. And then I had to, you know, switch gears and figure out something else that would make her excited about this because that's what I want to see I want to see my team excited about what they're working on so yeah so it was it was baby steps <laughs> but uh, it kind of uh, really uh, started thriving in its own way later on and, and again for the most part these are the same teammates or folks colleagues that at one point really weren't learning from past mistakes or, or yeah. weren't taking initiative and weren't taking responsibility that they're the same people who became excited and held a high standard. Exactly. Yeah, they are the exactly. Yeah, they are the same people. And that was what was so exciting for me to see this transformation, right? Because I was like, will I ever be able to, you know, rely on them? And, you know, will I ever be able to just, uh, you know, give them something and, you know, and be proud of what they've done? And it was really uh, in, you know, enjoyable to see that whole process and see them grow like that. Uh, yeah. It's really neat because it's a lot of hard work, but yet at the same time, some simple truths, Yeah, you know, yeah. really at play. Well, you had mentioned this great opportunity that you had to, you know, you've given a lot of work and you had to sort of deal with it and, and sort of rise to the challenge. And I know so many successful professionals who at some point, got dropped a load uh, in a lot of things that, you know, in, in most situations where, wow, I don't know that you can handle that, but you have to handle it. And I know that was a big piece of my early development. And again, I, I know literally dozens of high achieving professionals who they went through that moment. So could you share, you know, how it sounds like you're cognizant of you had this opportunity, again, whether you wanted it or not, whether people thought you could handle it or not, you had it and you did deal with it. How, I guess, how cognizant are you of that first? And then how do you, how do you think we can create that opportunity for others if you think that that's important? Yeah, I think it's very important because 
you you have to you have to give this like we we were blessed to get this opportunity right otherwise we would have stayed in that same zone so uh, for people who are capable and who want to uh, i think the first thing is you know working in a team uh, environment to figure out who those people are who can thrive uh, and then um, what what i do is when i recognize there's a team member who who would really shine in that role as a team leader uh, basically i start getting them to shadow me on a project uh, and then you know maybe you know with the client uh, i introduce them as you know like a backup in case i'm not available so you know slowly helping them to respond to like small you know small questions by the client and then you know gradually you know so at the end you have to leave them on their own right but it's how you do it and making it a safe place and then letting them know it's okay to make mistakes it's okay like i, I think maybe uh, we were a different generation where we were okay with being you know dropped into you know so much work with no direction but this new generation is a little different i feel they need more guidance more so just creating that safe space giving them the opportunity in bits and pieces and then letting them uh you know go their own way that that helps for sure and certainly yeah. the the daily check-ins when it's the appropriate check- or yeah. the you know it yeah. keeps them on tracking and, and comfortable yeah That's because we, we we with experience know that you know what mistakes are okay to make and what mistakes are not okay to make but they don't know that yet so just with daily check-ins you kind of understand you know where they're headed and then you help them get there get there basically. Right. Well, there's a couple of the questions that I wanted to ask you just relevant to today. And, you know, the, the, the hybrid teams, you know, remote work, how, how have you worked with, I mean, obviously you had to work with that for a while, you know, at least remote and now into maybe remote hybrid. Could you share a little bit about what that transition was and, and what you're doing now that can maintain the, the, the culture of performance, the relationships, and um, and the actual results. Yeah, I have to say when 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 COVID started, like I did not like remote work as well. It was very difficult for me, especially with doing multiple projects. Felt like I was in team meetings for like eternity. Um, having said that, now like the way we work has definitely changed. But to keep the team dynamic and the team momentum moving forward, you know, in a positive way. I feel that the face-to-face interactions are really important. So, but it really again depends on the phase of the project. So, if the project is in an initial phase, like I do, request the team members to come in at least three days a week to have that face-to-face interaction because collaborating face-to-face is uh, like you know you have a lot of off-the-cuff conversations which you never have in a in a remote like you know Teams meeting, right? So you need to be able to. You know, have that sidebar conversation, get you know, bounce of ideas instead of being it's making it so structured. Uh, but of course, if there's focused work to be done, once we know what we need to do, we can all go back and work remote. That's not an issue. But what's really hard is making the hybrid work to collaborate because if there are five people in a meeting room and there are three people on Teams, like I find mostly people try, you know, people forget about those who are calling in. And that's really damaging to the like really damaging to the team. So if it's a hybrid, I make sure we all call in separately, even if we are in the same office, so that everybody has a face and a voice, and nobody nobody's left behind. So that's how we've been trying to manage it at our end. But it's 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 been interesting, 
And I think it's going really well. That's the way of the future. So, yeah. Well, that's a great practice. Thank, thanks for sharing that. And, and again, it's not, hey, it's Tuesday, get in the office. It's we're in this phase of project. project. We really want to be face to face in, in person, collaborate, collaboration. But if we can't be all in the same room, well, just go back to your desk and let's at least all be in the same Teams chat. Exactly, so, exactly. So that's important. that's critical, I feel, because uh, otherwise it's just like people feel like people, yeah, they don't have a voice then, right? So it doesn't work. How, when I wanted to talk about, um, ask you about delegation, that it's, it's, it's obviously something that um, is when we're technical professionals and, and we're invested and we love what we do and we finally know how to do it, it's hard to let things go. Um, even our own work. I mean, how, whether it be through your yourself or teaching others to, to delegate more and high achieving of prof- professionals, what is your thoughts on delegation and maybe some of the, the best practices that you've personally used or sort of teach others in, in terms of becoming better delegators? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one because I struggled with it for a long time. Uh, like this because in order to delegate you need to create trust right um, so for some time consistently that means that your team is you know you when you review something there's you know everything's is good mostly good right so the first thing i did was that instead of it being 100% perfect if it's 80% perfect uh, i tried to let it go like i otherwise i would never be able to delegate because i'm uh, if I do it myself, I have a particular way of doing things. And initially, I used to really, you know, stress on that, that it needs to be done this way. But I had to let that go a little bit. Like, so it really depends on what, what, what like, what you're delegating. And if there's some things that you can let go, I think you need to change your mindset about that. It's not 100%, it's 90%. It's okay. If the period is, you know, there's a, there isn't a space between the, you know, I'm just, making up something, but, you know, let things go a little bit. It's okay because uh, you can't always guide people, right? They have to learn from their own mistakes. Uh, So that is, I think, one tip that I used myself to be able to delegate and not worry about, you know, the, the, you know, crossing all the T's or dotting all the I's, just having, lowering my standards just very slightly. The other one is um, just encouraging critical thinking all the time in your team. So now don't just give direction all the time, like ask questions. Like if there's something you want done, ask, ask, ask your team members, how would you do it? Uh, and you know, like get them thinking that way. And then you'll find that uh, they, uh, they start understanding your train of thought, you understand their train of thought, then it's easier to delegate, right? Because you develop this rapport. So again, it's about spending time and learning about the other person. So that's something that helps. How did, and I suspect part of the critical thinking is let's define the outcomes. I mean, a lot of times it's like, well, we have this much budget and you know, we have a go by the old school way versus you mentioned outcomes. I mean, how, how do you define those outcomes? Because it's almost like that's the map. And then we figure out the best road to get there. And can, it could be two roads to get there. It could be three and I'll give you some flexibility, but defining the map and the outcomes, how is that different now than maybe it was before in terms of how you're leading the team? So previously I would give them the exact roadmap, right? Like this is the out, I would still talk about the outcome, but I would say you have to do this, 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 and get there. 
now and then then to to get to that transition i would ask them is there another way you can get to this like if i want to this is my i'm going to give an, i would give them an example for another project and say this is what i want to get to so is there another way that you can think of to get there and then uh, you know they would come up with something so um, and yeah so that just generates that and then i get that level of trust right that this person can do it another way and do it equally well and they know what i want at the end they know i'm not going to compromise on mediocre work right they know like the, when i start redlining drawings people get scared so <laughs> so they know my standards pretty well so as long as uh, you know so so when i ask them and i'm okay like you know i give an example like we had to do a really quick turnaround for a project where we had to do you know schematic design drawings we didn't we had just a week it was a complex project a, pub, a law enforcement project uh, we didn't have time to even draw the we got old pdfs from the 1960s we didn't have time to draw it and then one of the uh, we talked about different ways of doing it and then one team member said why don't we do this in bluebeam right you can now measure and scale in bluebeam so you can and you can color it differently and like i was i was blown away and i said yeah go for it and it looked equally good as and it was done in half the time and uh, they knew what i wanted and they got it done so uh, just establishing that rapport helps you delegate and just not like being okay with that 90% not forcing that 100% helps to delegate i would i wanted to ask you about the the native digitals and how that might you know the different generation and that they think just differently in you know digital they're not analogs like us older folks, if we've had to learn digital, they came up and they were raised with the machines, right? Yeah. How, and you just shared an example, I was going to say, how do you, is, is that an opportunity for innovation or how are your discussions? Do you say, wow, that I never would have thought of that or just any more examples of just the difference between sort of native analogs and native digitals as you're working through these types of projects that are, are it could be encouraging to people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think now there are a lot of examples. Like the sky is the limit. So there, there are some people in my team who are real geeks. Like they can actually do programming and BIM and code and you know create like repetitive tasks, make it really easy. They use Dynamo and you know different kind of softwares. Uh, and actually, we are lucky in Stantec. We have you know these. Uh, sessions where you know the, the BIM practice lead basically you know gives us an introduction so even if you're not being involved in the day-to-day -day, we know the possibilities and then we have team members who understand it even better and can leverage it so you know just even uh, you know coordinating a set of drawings right everything is done in 3d now we don't know how to do it but you know just uh, you know encouraging people to offer up ideas and and then they say you know we can do this better we can do this and i'm like just blown away every time that and you can you can do things faster and better and with less mistakes it's become it's becoming uh, it's just a different way to work now so we we're trying to take a lot of you know we're trying to leverage that in our projects as much as possible well excellent i did want to ask you one more sort of sort of open ended question time there's so many principals, senior leaders, senior managers who are just so busy. I'm so busy. I'm busy. And that, but I wanted to ask that in the context of teams and, and team members in that sometimes if we don't know that there's anything different, you know, you just sort of live with the present, right? But if there's team members 
that are working with you and who make the time, have the time, created processes and systems, have this environment. And then there's other, and it doesn't have to be like people you immediately know, but what you know from the industry. Yeah. What is it like as a team member when your manager or your team leader is too busy for you? They're too busy for the project. They're just sort of showing up at meetings. What is it like for the team? And, and I guess, and in that case, just advice of, of how cognizant we should be as senior people when we're given off the vibe that we are too busy or actually demonstrating it every day that we're too busy. I guess what's the long-winded way to say this question? What's the impact of leaders and managers being too busy? I think that's a very negative impact. Um, you have to make time for your team. I, I Like we have, like, uh, you know what I'm... Uh, like if if your team lead or your you know your leader is not present, like uh, there's the, it's just a little more dysfunctional, right? Like it is dysfunctional because you don't know the purpose, you know, of the team. Uh, it becomes it, there's a breakdown in communication, or there's you're revisiting decisions because you know if the leadership is not present, you're you're not you're going a certain path, and then you know the leader might come in occasionally and say that's absolutely wrong. So that that whole cycle creates a lot of demotivation and it just, it just, uh, I mean, I think team members then stop trying to work hard, right? They feel less engaged. They feel that their input doesn't matter because you have somebody coming in occasionally and just saying them, this is what you need to do. And that just, and then, and then people start going back into their shelves and just doing enough. And that's, I think a really dangerous thing that, that happens. I've, I've seen it in, in my entire career happen several times. So, and then nobody cares, right? You don't care about the project. Like I'll only do, like, I'm not signing these drawings. So like, you know, that kind of thought process comes in. So it's important for leaders to show up. And if they can't show up, they need to delegate to somebody who they trust and who can lead that team. So I, we are like, it's, it's understandable. Like practitioners are so busy. Like we are pulled in so many different directions. It becomes really hard, but to, to because I, I don't know, we, we take pride on successful projects, right? If the project, if the client is happy, you've met your deadlines, you've met the budget, and you've got a fantastic project, the stakeholders send you compliments. I mean, that's what we all work for. So, uh, and that, that can't happen alone. It has to be a team effort. So just making sure that you're there. And if you're not there, get somebody to be there for you so that you can drive the process forward. But thank, thank you for that. Thank, thank you very much. As, as we close, is the and I'm super appreciative of everything you shared in, in terms of teams and team leadership, team development. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that that you think would be important and encouraging for leaders and managers looking to um, to better develop their teams and, and lead their teams? Yeah, the only thing I would say that, you know, like the go-getters in your team, they're easy, they're easy to spot and, you know, nurture. But there are some team members who are just, who, who are really skilled, but they just lack confidence. So, and they can turn out to be real gems. So just keeping in mind, and that means you have to know your team pretty well, right? And then sometimes you just have to tell them, like, you know, that you have their back and you're there for them. And that just gives them the confidence to move ahead. So just don't focus on people who, you know, are more extroverted. 
there are a lot of good people in the team and they they come in all different shapes and sizes hmm. thank you thank you this is this is great how uh, for listeners who would love to reach out to you just to, to maybe have a, a different conversation or ask you more questions about um, team leadership and team development how can listeners um, get in touch with you uh, well I, i'm on linkedin and uh, yeah they can easily look me up and uh, i'm happy i'm happy to talk to anybody because this is an exciting topic for me and it's helped me really grow in my career so i'm happy to share that with others Mm. Yeah, and, and certainly helped your team grow in their yes. careers too, which is the the organizational development piece that so many leaders and um, and principals are looking for. In addition to the team success, in addition to sort of their individual success. Well, uh, thank you again. It was great seeing you. I look forward to our next conversation, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Well, that's a wrap. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to and rate this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to the show from. There are links on my website and in the show notes to do so. And please also share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. It really helps to continue to get us established, and I truly appreciate that. And it also helps to get the word out to others so that together we can collectively grow and positively impact the lives of others both inside and beyond our organizations. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of AEC Leadership Today. If you want to stay relevant and effective and take your growth and prosperity to new levels, it's time to take action. To learn more about how Pete can help take you and your firm to the next level, visit www.actionsprove.com. That's www.actionsprove.com. See you next time on the AEC Leadership Today podcast.